This is the CVBT Audio Interview Podcast, where you'll get ideas about improving your bottom line in business and in life from experts around the world. Uh, you are talking about blendification. What on earth is that? You're not talking about some, some new uh, daiquiri or something you'd make with a blender. <laughs> No, no. It uh, although two people do think of the the blender when when we when we talk about this, it's uh, it's just a word I came up with, Doug, several years ago. So I was asked to do a TED talk, and uh, what I found is that as as a society, we are getting more blended. And um, if we look at there's there's natural blendification going on um, in generations. So we have multiple different generations living at home. We also have racial blendification, although you might be reading other things in the paper. But the truth is, is there's quite a bit of blendification going on from a, a racial perspective right now. And, and, and a lot of that is positive. Um, we also have the, the, the what's going on with work and life. You know, it used to be we could have this thing called work-life balance, and that doesn't exist. It's, it's kind of a fallacy. So, um, so I look at blendification as the intentional connection. And I look at it more from a workplace perspective and what can we do at work to blend our company together so that our company can realize or pursue its potential. And um, when I look at potential of an organization, it's not just about meeting specific metrics or goals, although that's a component of it, but really an organization or a business is here to positively impact society through its people and its product. And um, so now the question comes is how do we actually blend companies together so that they can do more? And that's really what I mean by blendification. You know, we could have just used the word blending, but to me, the adding the ification, um, kind of messing up the name and messing with the English language really, really makes it more of an action word makes it sound like this is intentional. And that's what I really want to do. Not just, not just allow it to happen um, organically, but to say, how do we intentionally design an organization to specifically blend things together? And that's why I put the ification on the end of the word blend, blendification. Um, uh, you, really you're, you're talking about more than just painting the company's mission statement on every wall of the building, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, when I really looked at this, um, like I said, there's, there's natural blending going on, but what if we took what's going on naturally, took it inside a company and intentionally designed a culture, not just like you said, not just having a mission statement or a vision statement and pasting it on the bottom of an email, email or on the wall, but actually building a, a, a true cause for your company and then backing that up with an intention and saying, here's what we intend to do, something that's accountable and then building behaviors and habits under this. And that really becomes our culture, but really our culture exists in our meetings. So we can't just say this is our culture. We actually have to live it in our meetings. Um, and in between that, we have to have a plan that bridges that gap. So if you follow me, we've got culture. Um, we design our culture, then we build a business plan, a strategy, right? Um, and then that business strategy needs to coincide and, and coexist and really feed our culture. But at the end of that, we have normal meetings and, you know, everybody that's in business has, you know, whether it's a production meeting or a, um, a sales meeting, we have all these meetings, but do we ever look at our culture from the context of our, our culture exists in these meetings? So why don't we design these meetings so that they're building our culture, but they're also part of our plan. So to me, 
culture, strategy, and execution, what we do every day, are really one component of the business because so many times they're just separate. And my goal, my vision is saying, hey, if we do this, if we connect culture, strategy, and execution, our businesses can really accomplish tremendous things. Um, but if we're only focused on one metric, like I said, it's, e it's not easy to maximize shareholder value. But the truth is, if that's all we're focused on, we're going to miss a lot of other things relative to investing in our people, developing better um, culture, developing a, a, better, a better community through our people. And that's it's kind of where it's a bigger picture without losing sight of shareholder value and profit. But there's just a bigger picture. And I think there's a bigger purpose for our organizations, per se. Is, is this a tough concept to get across? I can see employees generally grasping it and running with it, but what about the big bosses, those who have to report back to the stockholders, to the bankers, uh, in some cases to Wall Street? How do you uh, convince them that this works? Well, I think um, there, there's most people get it because they are driven to lead an organization for something more than just making a lot of money. Now, I won't shy away from the fact that most people, when we're in our 20s, we look at, hey, we need to make a living. Um, and then we start looking at entrepreneurship and we see all these people making money and we say, well, I want to make that kind of money. And we bridge this parallel that says, hey, if I make money, therefore I will be happy. And, um, and what I find with a lot of CEOs or executives, once they reach that point where they make the money, they find out it's like a, car, a dog chasing cars. You know, they're, they're running around, you know, you envision a dog chasing a car, they catch the car, and then what do they do now? They're completely unfulfilled, right? Um, so what, what I find is that there, you know, there's executives that reach a certain point in their career that says, hey, I've got the money. Um, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And then they go back and say, life is much more substantial and I can do much more through my organization by helping my employees, my customers, and my community. And when they do that, they actually find out that they end up making more money, but they, they look at it a little bit differently. And, and ultimately, what we're looking for is helping people realize their potential. And if we do that, I, I, gotta, I, I can tell you, I've seen it over and over to where the profit comes. And um, when we align our people around this and everybody's engaged in this, because if we think about it, I mean, you know, shareholder value, who actually owns the shares of a company. Usually it's not the employees, right? So we're asking people that don't have a significant ownership in a company to make decisions on behalf of the company that are going to benefit the company. But what if we actually engage them in something more powerful? Um, and then I would believe that the organization would do better. And of course, the shareholders would do well as do better as well. Boy, if that, if that works, you've, you've found the magic wand that has eluded so many people because there is such a difference between owning, having ownership of a company and working for it. Uh, we have any number of uh, cases around the country uh, where there is employee ownership or at least some sort of buy-in and what a difference it makes. But tell our, tell our listeners how this, is, how this has worked out in your company. How did you uh, get it underway and what's been the result? Well, what we do, it's really, it's one thing to talk theoretically and say in a perfect world, businesses would be investing in their people who would therefore invest in their communities, right? And that, that's a great theory. Um, so when I went into this, um, 
and, and really looking at this trend and seeing what was going on, I said, you know, what we have to do is create a system or a model behind this, not just talk about it. So, um, you know, I, I spent some time in some fairly large organizations and some fairly small organizations in um, various different roles. And what I felt is though we couldn't talk about something unless we could prove we could do it. And um, so for me in coming together and building this blendification system, I built the systematic process. I, I created this thing called the strategy whiteboard and it's really a two page strategic platform that becomes our strategy. It also feeds our culture and then it also is the platform for how we run our meetings. And then we take those that strategy whiteboard and we create groups, I call them roots groups, inside organizations because we want to create change and buy-in at the grassroots level. And then they actually take control of what's going on and the executives really take a back seat. So there's a whole meeting structure and business platform on how we build and run a business around this so that we can create a blended company. So that's, that's what we do in my organization. We also do this in obviously several other organizations too. Um, it takes some time to implement, but when we see everybody working together, and it truly does happen, it's tremendous to see the outcomes, the ownership, the loyalty that we see from our employees. That's much greater than here's, here's a bonus or here's, here's another incentive. You know, that, that seems to be a little bit of an empty promise, so to speak. Here, here's the turkey at Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been in those places. Actually, the turkeys were pretty good, but they didn't engender any sort of buy-in by employees, I'm sorry to say. What, what prompted you to write this book? Well, I think um, going back, and I kind of did it a little bit backwards. So I started having this concept, and, and I teach at two universities, and one of the universities, when I started teaching, I was teaching the Capstone Strategic Planning and um, when I started teaching it, I noticed that the, the syllabus from other professors was very similar to the syllabus that I had when I, back in the 80s. There was a case study methodology. You got a case and you read through it. And, um, and I thought, one of the things that attracted me to teaching was I thought, I'm going to learn all this new stuff about strategy and the latest research. And I found out that it really hasn't advanced that much. And I ran strategy for a division of Marriott. Um, and started that group up. And, and when we did this, it was completely different than what was being taught at the university level. So um, as I went through this, I started building it out from an academic perspective and researching all the different strategy stuff. And then going back to how I built strategy in organizations, I was also doing strategy in my consulting practice too. So I said, I'm just gonna build a system that really brings us all together. And, and it took me several years. So I started with a concept I built it in teaching and then I applied it to my business and then I tested it all out through multiple different organizations, both professionally and academically, and then I wrote my book. <laughs> um, so the book is really a, a culmination of everything that I did through my career and in teaching that really outlines a specific step-by-step -step process. My motivation for doing that was clearly to think, to, to say that, hey, we, there is a better way to run a business. We just have to spend the time to do it. And if we do it the right way, it's more fulfilling for all of us. Because I've seen enough CEOs or executives that come to a certain point in their career and say, it's just not what I expected it to be. And so how do we make it? How do we kind of make all this something fulfilling, you know, bring joy into people's lives? Um, what we call it earned success. 
And um, how do we create earned success inside organizations and inside people? And, and when we do that, um, I think we, we make, we really fulfill what our, I, I would say our founding fathers really wanted. They wanted to use this market-based or capitalistic system as a way to create solutions for society. And um, I think we've kind of gotten away from that. And the truth is, is that really business, you know, roughly 70% of everybody works in some sort of a private business. And, and we look at the potential of those people. Um, we really need to be looking at how do we actually come to the, um, and create better outcomes for society. Um, and that was really my motivation is how do we actually use business as a tool to make a better world? And, um, you know, not just make better products, but I mean, I'm talking about training and developing and leading our people and helping, helping our people become better at work so they become better parents, so they become better um, community members and friends. And we can do that. I mean, just by treating our people well and developing them, we can make a better impact on society. Wow. Uh, you, you could probably run for office with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to do that in this day and age. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not sure anybody with their right mind would. Uh, where can our listeners get more information about this? Would that be a website? Yeah, I have um, the Blendification System, um, www.blendificationsystem.com is my website. Um, the book is at Amazon. You can also get it from my website. So just if you... If anybody searches blendification, there's nobody using that word. So it'll come to my website and it'll also go to Amazon. Um, on my website, I have a, uh, a free um, video learning process that kind of takes people through a summary of the book as well and provides additional resources to help them implement this in their company. Is there anything you'd like to talk about that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Could be anything. No, I just, uh, you know, I just believe that, um, like I said, we, we all work for somebody and if we can put good leaders out there, um, that can compound into good communities and, and such. If we just take the responsibility to say, hey, our purpose in this life is to create a better society and, and help others pursue and realize their potential and thereby I, I become fulfilled. And, um, and that's, that's really what it is, is having having leaders of organizations, and that's nonprofit, for-profit, governmental, just say, hey, I have a greater impact than just, you know, what I see in front of me. And we, we, we call that a system impact. But um, you know, that's really what I, I just want leaders of business organizations to say, hey, I see what's going on in all these places. But the truth is, is that I'm part of the solution. And I can do this on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis through the people that I work with and help them succeed. And, um, and if we do that, we'll have greater success as a country and for that matter, as a world, right? You've been listening to the CVBT Audio Interview Podcast, one-on-one interviews with experts in business and personal growth. Thanks for listening.